Welcome to Healing Talks Podcast. I'm your host and life transformation coach, Lori Pinkins. This episode is part of a series on blind spots where we dive into unhealed childhood trauma that can hide behind your personality traits. On this episode, we will discuss the blind spot of people pleasing. Stay connected with me by following me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram at Lori Pinkins. And for more information about my life coaching services, visit LoriPinkins.com. What is people pleasing and why is it important to stop doing it? It is important to stop people pleasing because when you people please and overgive, you actually pull yourself out of alignment of focusing on the people who are waiting for you inside of your God-ordained purpose. But before we go further into that, let's differentiate between what a people pleaser is and what overgiving is. People pleasing is a person who puts other people's needs ahead of their own. This type of person is highly in tune to other people and they are often overly agreeable, helpful and kind, but they also have a lot of trouble advocating for themselves, which leads into a dysfunctional cycle of self-harm because they are neglecting their own needs for the sake of others. I recently did an article over on my blog browngirllemonadestand.org about how to stop overgiving during the holiday season. And you can head over there to see the full definition of overgiving. An overgiver is someone who compulsively gives too much even at the expense of their own resources and well-being. So the difference between a people pleaser and an overgiver is overgiving is the resources that are depleted as a result of you trying to people please. In this episode, we're gonna specifically focus on people pleasing, but you may hear me use the term overgiving interchangeably because it is a result of this dysfunctional behavior. I used to be a person who severely suffered from people pleasing. I would move around and make sure that everyone else's needs were met frantically at times, thinking that I was helping. And it is ironic how when you are healing from something, God will put you into situations where you can see other people who also need to heal from the same thing that you may be dealing with. So recently I went to a volunteer event and there was the coordinator of the event and her behavior was off-putting just because of how much she wanted to please everyone within the room. But she really lacked organization intact. Her intentions and motives came from a good place. However, because she wanted to overgive and people please to everyone in the room to make sure that all their needs were met, it really left a sense of confusion for everyone that she was interacting with. And I realized that that's how I used to perform. And it really was a performance. It wasn't really who I was. It stemmed from trauma in childhood. The childhood trauma taught me that once I gave my abusers what they wanted, that would stop the abuse. And I grew up not trusting my own environment, which left me with feelings of low self-esteem and low self-worth. So I thought anytime I entered into relationships, I had to always give of myself in order for it to be a meaningful relationship. 
But I soon found out as I entered into adulthood and also as I developed a deeper relationship with God and my identity in Christ, that relationships that were built on me people-pleasing were not sufficient. It was built on a faulty foundation because unfortunately, a lot of those relationships were with individuals who did not know their own identity or who were using and manipulating me. This happened in professional, romantic, and friendship relationships. So as a result of the abuse from the childhood trauma, I naturally just gravitated towards a different form of that abuse, which caused for me to be surrounded around people who took advantage of me giving. I started to notice a pattern in my relationships where I would give and give and give and it was not reciprocated. I often felt depleted, used, and unappreciated. But instead of me evaluating the relationships in my life, I turned to self-harm. I degraded myself, I put myself down and just felt like I just was not good enough. And it was not until I was surrounded around genuine people who truly loved me, where they first recognized the other relationships in my life where I was overgiving. And these people stepped into my life and said, hey, you don't have to show up like that. Be yourself, be genuine. As I developed a deeper relationship with God, he showed me how I truly do have a giving heart, but my heart is to give to advance the kingdom of God and not give in order to try to hold on to relationships that were broken from the foundation. The reason why I was able to identify that I was a people pleaser is because of the genuine people who stepped into my life and helped me to identify it and also me deepening my relationship with God. But how can you know or identify if you're a people pleaser? One of the ways is that you are unable to define your own needs. If you're not able to think about if someone wanted to give you a gift, what that gift would look like, you may suffer from people pleasing because you're always thinking about other people. Some people actually wear this as a badge of honor. Like, oh, I'm never thinking about myself, especially, unfortunately, parents. Oh, I'm never thinking about myself. And when you step into other atmospheres, say you are the team mom or you are over the PTA or you hold a community group within your neighborhood and you go in with this mentality that, oh, I never put myself first. People who don't have pure intentions will take advantage of you. So you'll be the only one in charge. You'll be the only one doing all the work, the only one putting in all the effort. So another way to identify whether or not you're a people pleaser is you like to control things. And this control is because you do not trust that if you don't give it, if you don't show up, if you're not the person, if you're not the go-to person, it won't get done. Because honestly, the people around you are waiting for you to do it. Otherwise, they don't have any intention on getting it done. And that is a very unhealthy environment to be in. Another way to identify if you're a people pleaser is you have a heightened sense of awareness of other people's needs. It's almost like you always have your guard up, like you are easily triggered. You sense everything in the room. And this is not necessarily because you care about other people. It's because once again, the trauma in your childhood made you feel unsafe and you were unable to trust your environments because you honestly may not be in an environment where you are safe. If you are in an environment where people are always leeching off of you and pulling on you, you're not in a space where you can actually fill up and be in a place of wholeness. So that will make you feel unsafe and uneasy as if you're always walking on eggshells around everyone. 
And this is dangerous because then you'll just blow up. You'll see it sometimes as well online where it's like, oh, mom went on strike or the parents went on strike or people just going off. And I saw this TikTok recently where it was like the mom went out for her family and she was coming back downstairs like, hey, you guys want to watch a movie? And of course, the TikTok was created in a form to be comical, but it is a result of people pleasing because you give everyone else what they need and then you wind up not having what you need in return. Another way to identify whether or not you're a people pleaser is you lack genuine connections and relationships because they are based on only what you can give. This can show up in romantic, professional relationships, friendship relationships, and also parenting relationships. As a result of not having genuine connections, people-pleasing can also show up as you finding yourself feeling isolated or rejected when you put up any type of boundaries about your needs or not wanting to give. It is dangerous to people-please and over-give because it will deplete you of resources that you need for the purpose that God has for you. The enemy wants to move you out of position in any way, shape, or form that he can. And he is the author of confusion. There is a danger in overgiving and people-pleasing. One danger is that you can lose your position that God has for you because you want to please the crowd and not be obedient in the direction or the resources that God has blessed you with. Sometimes people will people-please And that people pleasing will move to a point of disobedience where you'll be where you're not supposed to be. You'll be doing things that you're not supposed to be doing just to make other people happy. An example of this is with Saul. Saul lost his entire kingdom because he wanted to please the people. It is not worth it to walk in disobedience to make sure that other people are happy. 1 Samuel chapter 13 verse 7. And some of the Hebrews went over Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilad. As for Saul, he was yet in Gilad, and all the people followed him trembling. And he tarried seven days according to the set time that Samuel had appointed. But Samuel came not to Gilad, and the people were scattered from him. Verse 9, and this is where it all started to go downhill. And Saul said, Bring hither a burnt offering to me and peace offering. And he offered the burnt offering. And it came to pass that as soon as he had made an end of offering, the burnt offering beheld, Samuel came. And Saul went out to meet him, that he might salute him. And Samuel said, What hast thou done? And Saul said, Because I saw that the people were scattered from me, and that thou camest not within the days appointed, and that the Philistines gathered themselves at Mimeshach, therefore I said, The Philistines will come down now upon me to Gilag, and I have not made supplication to the Lord. I forced myself, therefore, and offered a burnt offering. Verse 13. And Samuel said to Saul, Thou hast done foolishly. Thou hast not kept the commandment of the Lord thy God, which he commanded thee. For now would the Lord have established the kingdom upon Israel forever. Verse 14 is when he lost it all. But now thy kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought him a man after his own heart, and the Lord had commanded him to be captain over his people because thou hast not kept that which the Lord commanded him. Saul lost everything because he wanted to please the people. And sometimes we can get ourselves into those situations where 
I know for me in my younger adolescent ages, I was never a heavy drinker, did not prefer alcohol, got around individuals who did drink, influenced me to drink alcohol, not knowing that me drinking alcohol in my 20s would lead to me being an undercover wineaholic alcoholic in my 30s. So it opened up a whole doorway and gateway because I wanted to please people. And this is why it's dangerous to be a people pleaser because your desire to be accepted, to be loved, to have friends, to have families, to climb the corporate ladder, whatever your desire is into why you're pleasing these people can lead you literally outside of the will of God and into destruction. And individuals who truly care about you, respect and understand your boundaries. The genuine people who I have in my life who love me respect my boundaries and they actually make me put up boundaries because they recognize in me the areas where I have people pleased before in the past. So they will literally say to me, you don't have to do all that. We can just sit in each other's company and enjoy one another. I will be the one who would always ask, do you need anything? Showing up with everything to other people's parties. It's nothing wrong with giving. The aspect of what we're discussing in the blind spot of people pleasing is that when you people please, it's not from a place of a genuine heart and being a cheerful giver where you have genuine relationships and the love is reciprocated with other people or you just enjoy being around people or you have the best dish in the family or you just like to wrap gifts or you're just a giver. We're talking about in the aspect of where people pleasing depletes you, leaves you feeling empty because it's coming from a place of low self-worth and low self-esteem due to unhealed childhood wounds and that where it is leading you to a place of disobedience, it is dangerous. And we can get trapped in people pleasing because of our feelings. We feel as if it's just a part of my personality. I'm a person of generosity, but you have to be able to shine a light on the blind spot of people pleasing to truly measure why you are giving. Are you giving from a place of wholeness where you genuinely want to see other people happy? Or are you giving from a place of, if I don't do it, these people will not accept me. If I don't give, I'm gonna lose this relationship. It is not beneficial for you to people please because it can delay the purpose that God has for your life and sometimes cause you to miss out completely on opportunities. An example of this is in Matthew chapter 25 when it discusses the five virgins and their oils and they gave a wonderful response to not people pleasing because when you people please you get in the way of other people's development as well. If you're always the answer to other people's solutions they never are in a position where they have to problem solve for themselves. And oftentimes people come up with the best solutions when they're in a tight spot. So they say, I will never be in this place again. But if they know that they can continue to call you every time they get into the same condition, they won't build the skills in order to grow in that particular area. And sometimes, honestly, we have to miss out on certain things in order to build our consistency and discipline and perseverance because there is a reward to hard work. But sometimes people will just sit back and allow for you to go through your process of being crushed 
in order for you to gain oil and then they just want to come and use your oil and then they don't even use it in the appropriate way so your oil may be for healthy hair growth but they literally come get your oil and start putting it on bread so they're just taking your oil because they know it's your strength they know you have worked for it they know you have toiled for it that you have set at the feet of god that you have been processed and gone through your season in order for you to walk in a certain level in god but some people want to circumvent the work that is required for their life and the healing that is required in their life because they know that you have a desire to be accepted and to give so they're just going to continuously keep coming back to you time and time again for you to replenish them in the areas that god is requiring for them to grow so let's read matthew chapter 25 for the response that the five virgins had for individuals who did not do the work that was required for them. And this is Jesus speaking to his disciples in a parable about the kingdom of heaven. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamp and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. Verse 5, while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. Verse 8, and the foolish said unto the wise, Give us your oil, for our lamps are gone out. And here's the response we have to have with people pleasing, when people who don't do the work that's necessary for their own growth and healing. But the wise answered and said, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went into him to marriage, and the door was shut. Verse 11, Afterward came also the other virgin, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Once again, that was a parable that Jesus was telling his disciples about the kingdom of heaven. It's also a good example about not putting yourself in a position of disobedience where you miss out on your opportunity because you want to please other people who are not putting in the work required for their own life. So, for example, you have a family member that continuously comes to you to ask you for money. And when Holy Spirit leads you to it is okay to give to individuals. Sometimes Holy Spirit will advise you to give to the point where it's a sacrifice of your resources. And this is outside of your tithes and offering. He may have you donate to a charity, a local organization, or even a family member or friend. But this is in an instance where you are being taken advantage of because people know you have the need to give and be a people pleaser. So the family member continuously asks you for money, but they are using their own resources on whatever they want to do. But when it comes to their needs, they're always asking you for money. You got to start telling people no and putting up those boundaries. It's not because you don't love them. It's because they have to go do the work and put in the discipline in order to reach certain levels in life. As you elevate, as you grow, and as you heal, there will be some separation in some of your relationships just because you may outgrow them. 
This does not mean that you look down on people or anything by that means. However, as individuals see you elevate and grow, you may have some who gravitate to you just because they want you to fulfill a particular need for them. In order to stop people pleasing, you will have to get into a position where you put up boundaries and you just say no. And that's going to truly determine what type of relationships you have in your life. We have identified how you may be a people pleaser, the difference between people pleasing and overgiving, and how they overlap, how people pleasing shows up in different relationships, and the dangers of people pleasing where you may miss out on opportunities. And also it can push you all the way outside of the calling that God has for your life. Therefore, let's identify how to stop people pleasing. The first thing you have to do is identify your triggers. Ask yourself the question, why do you you feel the need that you have to give? This can be for a good or bad reason. You may wanna give because it's truly on your heart to give. You believe in certain organizations, you believe in certain communities and causes. Or the bad side of that is that you want to give because you feel obligated or anxious that you're going to miss out on something or you're going to miss out on the connection in certain relationships. Another way to identify your triggers in order to stop people pleasing is to see how people respond when you give to them. Do these individuals feel obligated? So are they always asking or demanding of more of you on a consistent basis? And when you do not comply, then there's some type of reprimand towards you. So at work, if you don't want to work overtime, then the supervisor starts to treat you funny. In friendship or romantic relationships, if you choose not to always be the person paying for dates or giving gifts, are you shunned? Does communication stop? Is there a negative response? Do you feel appreciated when you give? Is there a sense of gratitude for your generosity? Not that you're giving for an emotional response, but do you feel appreciated in that moment? Also, do the individuals that you give to reciprocate your giving? Is it a mutually beneficial relationship? Because sometimes in relationships, you may be the person who's able to give more in one area. However, when you are in a healthy relationship, again, this goes professional, romantic, friendship, family, when you give the giving is reciprocated. Maybe not in the same area, but in a different way. So at work, if you're the person who organizes the office parties, then there's other individuals who steps in to help clean up. There's a true appreciation for you in that environment. It's not a sense of, oh, she always does that, so we just gonna keep letting her do that. How people treat you is your responsibility, not theirs. Sometimes that's a hard pill to swallow. Because it's like, why did they do me like that? Why did they treat me like that? You have to ask yourself the question, why did you allow for them to treat you that way? I heard a minister say once before that when people come to get a to-go plate, it's not their fault that you keep giving to them and they're not reciprocating. You are responsible for putting up boundaries to make sure that the relationships in your life are genuine, not just with others, but also with yourself that you're building your self-worth and you're building your self-esteem through your identity in Christ to heal your childhood wounds so that you no longer feel the need to overgive and people please. Because when you step out of people pleasing and overgiving, you're going to feel a sense of contentment 
and peace of mind. You're going to have peace that surpasses all understanding almost to the point where you do not care about what other people think. It's not that you're nonchalant or don't have any emotions. It's just that you're no longer triggered by the manipulation of others who try to retaliate against you because you don't want to give. So when you go to work and your boss is acting funny because you decided not to do everybody else's work or compensate for what the department is not doing by working overtime or coming in early, you just like, hey, my check come every two weeks regardless. Not that you disrespect where you are, it's just that you are not moved or shaken by other people's emotions anymore. If you see in other relationships where as soon as you start putting up boundaries and saying no, the phone calls get shorter or you just don't get no calls at all, you, you start to say, hey, it is what it is. Let the chips fall where they may. I always have a saying about space. I allow for people to do what they need to do in their own space. But when you enter my space, there's a certain way that I conduct myself. So in my relationships, it's mutually beneficial. Not that we keep an tally or a check mark about what each other gives to one another, but the giving and love is reciprocated where nobody feels depleted. And the relationships that I have, we're able to communicate with one another where it's like, hey, last time we went out, I felt this way, or I have this new boundary, and we're able to communicate without feeling a sense of offense that someone is trying to hurt our feelings because they have boundaries or they felt hurt. It's an environment that is healthy where you're able to communicate how you feel because we're all on our own healing journey. So as we're healing around one another, it is important to be in safe environments as you're healing and overcoming the blind spot of people pleasing where you can communicate like, hey, this may not have been your attention, but in that moment, I kind of felt a little like you expected for me to do that and I'm not comfortable doing it. And those people should respond and kind of say, I do. Either that is the expectation or I didn't want you to feel that way. That was not my intention. Because as you identify your trauma triggers, it does not mean that you won't continuously be triggered. It means that you'll be able to identify it and work through it. It is important to be in a trusting and loving environment around individuals who will be patient with you as you walk through your triggers. Because the truth of the matter is you were abused and you were manipulated. And when it has gone on for such an extensive amount of time, you have to restructure your brain in order to not think in this place of paranoia that everybody is out to get you or that you can't trust anyone. That's not a way to live. That was the detriment of Saul. Saul wanted to people please the people. He gave an offering that God didn't even ask or require. He was supposed to wait for Samuel. Because of his disobedience and wanting to please the people, he lost his own kingdom. From then on, he got to this place of paranoia because David was anointed king. And he spent the rest of his life chasing David until to his own detriment because he thought David was out to get him. Everybody's not out to get you. And if you feel that way, you need to change your environment. But it's not true. It's a lie from the pit of hell that you can't trust anyone. The first person you have to trust is place your trust in God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. Then you have to trust in yourself. And you have to trust in the individuals who God is sending 
to you or who are already around you who have the best intentions towards you. Will people make mistakes? Yes. Will people intentionally and unintentionally offend you? Yes. This is where forgiveness comes in at. We're discussing in regards to healing from the blind spot of people pleasing as you identify your triggers, understanding that you can trust your environment because you are safe now. So the first step to stop people pleasing is to identify your trauma triggers. The next step, most people don't like this one though, is you're gonna have to fast to overcome pride and your identity crisis. Pride will cause you to believe that you are the answer to everyone else's problems when you need to be leading them to Christ. Our roads lead to Jesus, not you. You are not the answer. You don't have all the resources. Our wisdom comes from God, our direction through Holy Spirit. First Peter chapter 5, verse 7 says, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth. When people are continuously bringing their problems to you, you're not the solution. Lead them to Christ. Can you be a listening ear? Yes. But the end solution, end goal is Jesus. You should also be leading people to seek God for understanding. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 5 says, A wise man will hear and will increase learning. A man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsel. Encouraging people to listen to the voice of God, especially if you are seeing a pattern in their life where they're continuously repeating or coming back to you to help them solve the same issues over and over again. Now, some people downright just don't want to listen. I'm not talking about those people. I've been in those circumstances before where I was talking to people about the same thing year after year. And it came to a point where I was like, we can't talk about this no more because you're going to do what you want to do anyways. There's no need to pour your oil to swine. Don't waste your energy and words and efforts on people who are not in a position where their heart posture is they're not ready to change. They just want you to keep giving. They like, oh, they're a people pleaser. Every time I come to them, they're going to help me solve my problems or help me feel better about the unwise decisions that I'm making. No, we're not doing that no more. We should be encouraging individuals to seek God for wisdom. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 6. For the Lord giveth wisdom, out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. God gives us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding as we seek him and ask him for it. We have not because we ask not. An example of someone receiving an abundance of wisdom just by asking is Solomon. 2 Chronicles chapter 1, verse 11 through 2. And God said to Solomon, because this was in thine heart, and thou hast not asked for riches, wealth, or honor, nor life of thy enemies, neither have thou asked long life, but hast asked wisdom and knowledge for thyself, and thou mayest judge my people, over whom I have made thee king. Wisdom and knowledge is granted unto thee, and I will give thee riches and wealth and honor, such as none of the kings have had that have been before thee, neither shall any that are after thee be like thee. We're using this as an example of when you ask God for wisdom, he will give it to you. We should be leading and guiding people to the feet of Jesus. Psalm 84, 11, For the Lord God is the sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them who walk uprightly before him. We should be leading and directing people directly to God unless Holy Spirit is leading us to help them. Otherwise, we are in the way of their growth. We go from faith to faith and glory to glory. 
Sometimes people are just on a certain level of faith. But as we work out our own soul salvation, their growth will come in time. But you cannot continue to people please and overgive to your own detriment of your own healing. Sometimes we're not even fully healed and we want to go and give people a blueprint of something that's not even complete yet. So maybe you just made the first peach cobbler at Thanksgiving and now everybody wants the recipe, but you haven't even perfected it yet. You just started a new position at work and you working diligently and working in excellence in that position, but you just started. You can't even tell how to maneuver through the different softwares yet. A lot of things in life take time. Allow for people to go through their process without you always trying to reach your hand in to help out. Sometimes your help can be to the detriment of their growth. We have to get out of God's way of other people's healing and relationship. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. For I say, through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God have dealt to every man the measure of faith. Everyone has their own measure of faith, and we are walking out this faith walk together. But do not put yourself in a position of continuous people pleasing and overgiving to the detriment of your own faith walk with God. We're not going to be like Saul, people pleasing and literally his whole kingdom taken away. We're not going to be like the foolish five virgins that when the bridegroom came, they out buying oil when they should already have the oil. We are the wise virgins. We have our oil. We are walking in obedience and we give under the instruction and leadership of God. So we are going to pray. And this prayer is going to be on LoriPrinkins.com. Say this prayer until it becomes your declaration to say, I will no longer be a people pleaser, but I will walk in the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of who I am in Christ and when and how to give according to the purpose and plan that he has for my life. Feel free to share this episode with anyone you feel would benefit from overcoming the blind spot of people pleasing. Most gracious and kind Father, we come before your throne of grace, repenting for people pleasing. We repent, Lord God, for putting the opinions of man over the voice of you, the Most High God, and the instructions that you have for our life. We repent, Lord God, for walking in pride and disobedience to think that we are in some way, shape, or form the answer to everyone's prayers. We will not think more highly of ourselves than we should. We will not boast of ourselves. For those who exalt themselves should be made a base, but we will humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. We will only give according to your direction, and as we give, we will be cheerful givers, giving from our heart, Lord God, for we know that you measure the continents of our heart. We will not give to be men-pleasers or for eye service, for others to look upon us to say, oh, what big and lavish gifts that they're giving. Or for us to measure our wealth or abundance or status in society according to what other people have. We will walk in a place of wisdom and knowledge, having the mind of Christ, having the heart of Christ, and also a servant's heart. We will give out of the abundance of blessings that you have bestowed upon us, Father, to the people that you have positioned for us to be destiny helpers to. But we will no longer give to those who only come to suck our oil because they are walking in disobedience to you. We will no longer, Father, allow for our trauma triggers to lead and guide us and pull us to and fro 
in a place of low self-esteem, of low self-worth, trying to hold on to relationships that you never meant for us, God. But we walk in a place of love and wholeness in our identity in Christ, knowing, God, that you have placed us in careers, relationships, marriages, where we can be whole and we can be healed. That, Father, as you are our shield and buckler, we are safe in these relationships. We pray for a comfort, supernatural comfort to come over our hearts, to crush and annihilate the spirit of paranoia that we're not able to trust our environments now that we walk with you. For we know that Holy Spirit will lead and guide us into all truths and that you are not a man that you shall lie, neither are you the son of man that you will repent. So you are not deceiving us and we cut off the lying tongue of the deceitful enemy that tries to tell us and manipulate us into thinking that we cannot trust our environment and that we have to overgive and people please in order to maintain counterfeit relationships. We cut off and sever every tie to any counterfeit relationships, any soul ties, any relationships that are to the detriment to the purpose and plan that you have over our life. We will not walk after the heart of Saul who stepped into disobedience, people pleasing, but we will have the heart God of Daniel who did not compromise his walk with you, regardless of what anyone thought or spoke towards him. That when the Hebrew boys stood before King Nebuchadnezzar, they said, oh, King, we're not careful to answer you. Even if our God does not deliver us from this fiery furnace, we know he is able. So we walk in that same boldness, courage, and wisdom that even when relationships begin to be severed, as we put up boundaries to no longer people please and overgive, we will say, oh no, we're not bowing to that anymore. We will no longer bow to people pleasing and overgiving. We're not bowing to low self-esteem and low self-worth. For even if God does not restore that relationship, we know that he is able to bring us genuine relationships with individuals who we can trust and who we will give out of the abundance of our heart according to the obedience of Holy Spirit. For we pray, Father, for wisdom to enter into our heart and knowledge so that we're able to have a pleasant soul and that we will be happy when we find wisdom and understanding. For by wisdom, Lord, you founded the earth and by understanding you have established the heavens. We know, God, that your word will not return back void unto you. So we speak your word over our hearts to heal the low self-esteem and low self-worth that ever drew us into overgiving and people pleasing. We will get understanding, we will get understanding and we will get wisdom. We will forget it not, neither will we decline the words from your mouth. The principal thing we will get is wisdom. And from wisdom, we will continuously get understanding. We will repeat these things over and over again, repetitiously, until we have hid your word in our heart that we will not sin against you through people pleasing and overgiving. So we will get wisdom, we will get understanding. We will get wisdom and understanding, wisdom and understanding, wisdom and understanding. For you said, if we ask of you, you will give it to us freely. So we thank you, Lord. We praise and worship your name that you hear our prayers and that you have brought us into our identity in Christ for us to live in the wholeness and fullness of who you have created us to be. We thank you, Father, that your love is shed abroad in our hearts to heal every broken place from the abuse and trauma that left us feeling empty and manipulated to feel as if we would always have to be in a position to give, to hold on to relationships. We thank you, Father, for the genuine relationships that are in our life. And we repent, Father, for mistreating those who you sent to us to love us. We will accept the love 
and we are now able to identify the genuine relationships in our life because the scales have fallen off our eyes. We will tune into your voice and the strangest voice we will no longer hearken to. All these things we ask in your precious son, Jesus' name. We bind all counterattacks in Jesus' name. Amen. Go in peace and remember everything the enemy had planned for your life is going up in smoke. Until our next episode, be blessed. Thank mm-hmm. you.